Fashion and beauty are serious business. On this podcast, we will hear from amazing creative entrepreneurs. Join us as we explore their unique success stories, learn from experts, and hear about their journeys. Steve Jobs famously said that, the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. So let's get crazy. I'm your host, Ann Zuckerman, and this is the Just Wanted to Ask podcast. Ladies, have you ever had one of those uncomfortable headlight moments? Don't you want to be heard without distraction? Bezzy broad discs are your solution. Go to justwantedtoask.com and look for Bezzy broad discs. Hello, everyone. I'm thrilled today to be with Anthony Cassera. Anthony says that he lives his life by four golden rules. Do what you say, finish what you start, show up on time, and say please and thank you. It's also how he runs his business. As principal founder of True Productions, a full-service digital agency in Chicago and also in Pittsburgh. He found True Productions in 2008 as a boutique full-service digital agency. True Productions is proud to offer a long list of digital services, including, uh, and the list is long, but it, in, it does include Final Cut Pro, Keeps, Keep, Salesforce, uh, WordPress engine gra- graphic design for print, and web logo production, and so much more. Anthony is a certified partner with Infusionsoft Keep and is regularly featured in their monthly spotlight for creativity and exceptional use of technology. In 2020, True Productions was certified by Inc. 5000 as one of the fastest growing companies in the Midwest. Recently, he co-founded a digital media business with partnerships in Bulgaria, allowing him to the privilege to serve an even wider variety of clients and industries in the future. Anthony's wife, Jamie, joined the team as co-owner in 2016, and it's made True Productions stronger than ever. Anthony and Jamie live in Pittsburgh with their young daughter. However, they do have offices in both Pittsburgh and Chicago and have clients everywhere. So welcome, Anthony, to the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, So how did you start your own digital agency? How did that all come about? Because it's certainly evolved since 2008. Absolutely. In fact, we were just looking at the P&L because my wife started a interior design business called Casera Interiors. She helps people create spaces that they love to live in. And so we were looking at her first P&L. This was her first year. And it was it was really it was humbling because she made an eighteen hundred dollar profit in her first year. And I remember going to my accountant and having one manila folder with three sheets of paper on it. And that was my first experience with having to pay pay taxes. That was in 2008. So. It's certainly come a long way. 
And it really started by, I would say, high school when I had my first camera. Uh, my father has always been a purveyor of passions in my life. And that's what we like to to refer to him as because he always he always encouraged you to go with what you were passionate about. So as a young boy and as a as this very sheltered young man in high school, I loved just making silly movies. So we would go in the backyard with my sisters and we would jump in and out of the pool and we would record ourselves making splashes and then I would find software that I could get for free and I started just making these edits and then making the family laugh at them. And then before you know it, I'm making teachers slideshows for their families for Christmas time. I'm making videos for people to ask people to prom, uh, starting to get not necessarily money compensation for it, but I was starting to get perks in school because I was doing this. And then I realized that when I was doing it, when I was sitting down and making the, the videos or learning, time was flying by. And they say, you know, if you do what you love, you're never going to work a day in your life. I, that's a little cheesy, right? Like there's a lot of work that has to be done, even if you like what you're doing. However, I will say that there is some magic to that statement. And it is, it, it is true. When you're learning something that you want to learn, there doesn't seem to be as much resistance to it, is what I found. So naturally, as you're sitting down or you're trying to do something, the time flies by, you realize that, you know, the day becomes the evening before you know it. And so I was starting to, to do that. When I graduated from high school, I went to college at Purdue University, where I essentially made up my own major. Um, I was media technology is what I'll tell people that I graduated with, but it was really just a communication degree from Purdue University. And I graduated in 2007. And while I was there, they, they're not really known for, for film or TV or, or they're not known for that. They're known for en engineering. But I wasn't, I wasn't in the school of engineering by any stretch. I started repeating the same classes. Um, I obviously had to take classes to graduate and all that. But my, the first straight A's I've ever had in my life were actually in college, junior year. I, I was able to retake a lot of the classes that I loved. One of them was called Fast Track News. And it was a news magazine. It was a, it was a show that we got to do every, every week. We would produce a show. And I took that class so many times. I did it as every single person. So every job. I was a, I was a technical director one semester. I was the writer one semester. I was in front of the camera, behind the camera. I was the director. It was, a lot, it was so much fun. And I realized that after I got all the prerequisites out of the way, I actually got to do what I wanted to do in college. And that's when I got my first straight A's ever, ever on this planet was um, in college of all of all places. And that just comes to show how much how much I was enjoying what I was doing. And then I graduated from there in 2008 and I was a video editor at Comcast Sportsnet. And this was one of the most important le lessons that ever happened to me was I was video editing and I was realizing that, wow, this is a really slow grind to get anywhere as a video editor. I was happy I was doing what I like to do, but the pay wasn't really great at all. Not slamming on Comcast or anything like that. It was just how it was. Um, so I remember talking to somebody that has like family of four, had been there for his whole career, and he was making what I would consider to be a pretty uninspiring amount of money after being there for so long. And 
that kind of made me rethink like, wow, is this really the kind of place that I want to be at? Or do I even like working for other people? Then there was a cameraman that got hurt. He was a Comcast Sportsnet. Com he was a cameraman and he hurt his shoulder and they couldn't get rid of him, obviously. So, but they had to repurpose him. So they made me train him on how to video edit. And I found out, and this is what I'm noticing a lot in my life as I'm getting older, as I'm, as I'm doing this. He really loved being a screenplay writer. And his real passion in life was that he wanted to write screenplays. And he did. He was an amateur screenplay writer and he would do it and he would go to contests and things. But he had a family, he had a mortgage. He had kids that were going to go to college. And so we would talk about that. And I, and I would say, are you ever going to leave here? Are you, are, you know, are you ever going to go do that? It sounds like it's what you really want to do. And he would say, it's too late for me, but what are you still doing here? And so we'd have this talk every now and then as I was training him. And one day he's like, you know what? Stand up right now. Go put in your two weeks notice. It's time for you to leave here. So I did. I got up, stood up, terrified, went to my supervisor, told her that I'm quitting and I'm going to put in my two weeks notice. And as I'm walking back to my desk, I get a text message on my phone that says, hey, Anthony, your dad told me about what you do because I asked him if he knew anybody that could help me with some graphic work and some media work and maybe some videos. And, you know, he might, your dad said that you might know, know somebody. Do you think that you think that you might know anybody? And I was like, funny, you should say that. I think I, I, I'm just left my job and I'm looking forward for a new opportunity. I think I was making like, what was it? $900. I was making like 1800 a month there. And this guy's like, what if I gave you like 2300 a, a month? Is that okay to go on retainer? Is that, is it, you know, can we make that work? And I was like, I think I can make that work. And I'm secretly like jumping up and down because I was just, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that that's how fast that happened. I don't think that's going to happen like that for everybody, but it was a lot of like, I think I could do more. This isn't really where I want to be. I'm pretty sure I could make this work if I just had the courage to do it and go on my own. And so that's effectively how that all started. Hopefully not too much of a long-winded answer to your question, but it was basically, I always knew I liked doing something like this. I was always really good with computers. You can instinctively give me something that's tech-based and I'll figure it out in a short amount of time. Things just seem to make sense for me. And that's when I left and I never looked back. So in 2008 was the day that I quit, got that first client. He is still a client, by the way, which is, makes my heart just so happy. Uh, all these years later, he's still on, on retainer for all those years later. That ended up being a wonderful relationship. Um, so yeah, that's basically how it all started. I was a video editor and then I left and got my first employee about a year later as a video. And then people would say to me, Hey, you know, we like you for video, but we hate our web guy, man. Our web guy is really bad or we can't find a good web team. Do you know anybody? And so then I just slowly created the web team and then the web team brought on the automation so the main three pieces of our puzzle that we help clients with are website development video production and marketing automation services that's amazing and you do all of it so well so well um i want to start out i really want to talk to you about video sure. but i wanted to talk to you about 
um, the tech issues, um, customer retention, and um, issues that companies have with their back office. I thought we would start there, although I really, um, we are going to discuss video and also website design um, because I saw a lot of your video. I could spend all day watching the videos on your website. <laughs> and, I, and I did spend a lot of time doing that. But let's backtrack and talk about uh, companies where they are. And in today's world, they do need a lot of tech help and customer retention management systems, CRM. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Where where do you see where do you see the biggest challenges in that area? It's a wonderful question because now more than ever, you have the answer. Everybody can get the answer. It's a matter of how much time and how much energy do they want to spend to go get it. So right now, I have a client that is trying to fix a broken website. And this person could very easily figure out what, where their domain was purchased. So that's, that's the big question, is that we need to migrate the website. So we have to tell the internet to point traffic to this new site that's hosted somewhere else. And so the client, so I say, we need to point your DNS servers. They have no idea what that means. And that makes sense. How, you know, why would they unless they know, they know that? And then I say, do you know where you purchased your domain? No, I have no idea. So then immediately I, I go, okay, I'll just go to whois.com. I'll do a domain lookup and I'll find out where they registered the, the domain name. So I know that now, obviously, because I've done it for so long and I know where to start. If you don't know where to start, I really do think that people are losing their ability to search, to use a search engine effectively. That's what I've seen because the overwhelming amount of questions that come my way and my team's way throughout the day can be steered in the bright direction for a client if they, if they knew what they were even trying to ask. So what I think is going to continue to happen as we get more convoluted with technology and as AI is out there is that people are actually struggling to even understand, well, what is the framing of the question that I have to even ask? So, so many times we get phone calls from people that are reactive. They're just simply reacting to a problem, reacting to an issue. Their website went down. They're this broke. Something on their website stopped working or their CRM forms don't work anymore. And rarely do they look at that cohesively and say, well, why am I even using that form in the first place? Or is this the best place that I should even be using this, this particular tool? Or wow, why am I even using that? So what I'm gonna, what I have seen and what I've continued to see is that there are a thousand ways to do anything. The price of creativity is technically going down in another way too, with the tools that are available to you like Canva. I have seen people be able to do unbelievable graphic design work in Canva in seconds. What used to take days, can do, we can do it in seconds. It can even render a video in a few minutes. You can just 
use some predetermined slides and change the copy. Now you don't even have to write the copy. AI can write the copy, pick the images, you press play. And what I've been thinking to myself is, man, you know, what you say is going to be meaningless in the future. I don't know if that's how it's just getting older, maybe, or understanding like the next level of this business, but it seems that anybody can say anything. And even more, we're almost encouraged to just use AI or use tools to say whatever you want to say. And the real value is going to be in who answers the phone. You know, do you call a client on their birthday? The personal touches. What my, what my father used to say all the time is high tech should not equal low touch. And so I have taken that very serious as I'm a, as I'm a, still a young man building this business. The difference maker is that we will take the client's issue. We will steer them in the right direction. We meet them where they are, which I think is the most critical point. If you're, if you're at the very basics of, I don't even know what a domain is, we've got to really get down there with you to bring you back up to the level that you need to be at. And so what I'm seeing is customer service is getting worse. Creativity is being commoditized, commoditized. It's a commodity now. Um, and so what's really going to make a difference is that critical first impression. So we are almost helping clients when I say almost, because we do a lot of things, but our most important task is to basically make them look good on the first impression, because you still only get one of them. Even in today's world, you get one chance at a really good first impression and the basics, it, it is, it's almost hilarious to me how it's coming all back to the basics. When somebody fills out a form, are you calling them back? When they call your office phone, are you answering? We just had a, I was at a party with some friends and they were saying how people will take their aggravated as my generation filling out forms, waiting for answers because it takes a week to get back to somebody. And in that week, the project has already been executed, proposed, deposit paid and started. And this other person is just getting back to them. And it's been a week, like in today's world, a week is an eternity. Might as well be a year. So I hopefully have I've answered what, what you've asked, which is I just see it being high tech is low touch. And I just think that you've got to continue to do those basics of human communication and, 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 and interaction, realizing that a lot of the reasons that we have a job here at True Productions is because our clients are too busy or too flustered, or they don't know what they don't know to even go find out the answer themselves. And that's, that's okay. Like we don't look down on people that can't find the answer themselves. They just look to us because we could do it. And we put a smile on our face when we're doing it. Yeah. And you touched on one other issue that we spoke about before we even got on the podcast, which is there's a language barrier. The, the biggest issue that I see today is people don't know the questions they need to ask. They just don't understand the questions. Um, they theoretically know what they want, but they don't know how to ask the question. And very often when I'm looking for some sort of tech solution, basically it's 
I can't seem to find the words to write the to ask the question in the the right question to solve the problem that I'm trying to solve. Right. And that's why you do such a wonderful um, you offer such a wonderful service because you can do the translation. And you you know your client. Um, you touched briefly on AI, and in AI, it's the same issue. And that is that people think that AI is going is just the answer to everything. I can wipe out everybody in my on my team because I can now just go to chat and, and get everything I need. But that's not true because again. If you don't understand the question, you're not going to get back what you need to get back. Talk to us more about some of the challenges and issues that you see in today's world with um, chat, GPT, and AI. They're simply pulling from sources. They're not going to be able to help you fundamentally know which program should I use for this or why or what process should I follow? I was actually looking at, I was maybe considering counting calories or not necessarily counting calories, but I kind of wanted to keep a food journal. And so I looked on my phone. I was on my, I was actually on my iPad and I went to the app store and I was like, let me just look and see what kind of food journal apps are out there. Cause I thought it'd be kind of cool to just log. What am I eating? What am I eating? Sounds like a real pain, but I think I should probably try to try to do that. There were like 13,000 apps, which, how do I possibly make a decision? There's a great episode of this TV show about this guy was talking about, I want to, I want to order a taco. And he's like, all right, we need to find the best tacos. So it's like in New York and he goes on door, DoorDash and he looks at tacos and it's like two hours go by and he's still trying to make a decision as to where he should get the tacos. And then he's like, you know what? The moment's passed. I don't even want tacos anymore. And the, the, the main understanding that I took away from that was you're almost paralyzed by choice. So I have experienced that in my life. I have been to the grocery store and I'm, I was looking for, what was I looking for? I was looking for rice or something, or I was looking for pickles. And there's just, there's, too many choices. I, I don't need that many choices. I just need the small one, the medium one, or the large one, right? But there's 15 different options for everything. Imagine now if you, if you expand on that so much more and just a simple food journal app, there were thousands of them. How on earth do I make a decision? And that is where going a little bit back to basics and getting a trusted authority. So we are the trusted authority for our clients. If we tell them where they should host their website, they have no reason to doubt what we're telling them. And that is what AI will never really be for you because where is it pulling the information? Do you really trust what, what it is regurgitating back to you? Because you have no idea which one of the 13,000 apps is it finding the information it's giving you. Very similar to when you know, if there's something's medically wrong with you, you would maybe pursue somewhere like Mayo Clinic 
because they are the trusted authority. There's a lot of similarities between what I do and technically what a doctor does. We diagnose the issue and then it's our job to solve it for you or get you in the right direction. So what I, will, what I would say about where AI is going to take people is it could steer you in any direction it wants because it's literally pulling from the entire worldwide web's archives of information. They've said already that the first paragraph or the first one to three paragraphs are considered accurate. And then anything after that, it could come from anywhere and you better watch out. I wouldn't even necessarily trust it. Um, but that is, that is something that is going, to, is going to continue to be a challenge for any business owner or for any entrepreneur is even with Keep, there's Keep, there's ClickFunnels, there's, there's um, HubSpot. There's, uh, what's the one, Active Campaign. Those are just four. There's hundreds more, hundreds with an S of different ways that I could technically do the same thing. Which one's right? Which one's wrong? What it really comes down to is which one can you get the support that you need quicker is how I would judge any new software or anything that I'm going to invest in. Which one has a better... Which one is a better reputation and which one can give me better service? For our server, as an example, we host websites on WP Engine. We pay the most money. The most expensive one is WP Engine. Now, I'm not trying to say that the most expensive one is probably the best one. In this case, it just so happens to be. However, the reason that we went with it is because 24-7, 365, I could call them and I can live chat with them. And I can live chat with a real human being and get on chat with them within five minutes or less. And I can call them and be on hold for only a couple minutes at a time. And that's primarily why I wanted that, because there are less expensive options if you're willing to pursue the wild, wild west and have to do everything yourself. So it's going to come down to that. I think consumers and the general public are going to have to make these decisions. Do I want to pay a premium for service? And am, I, and am I okay with that? Or do I want to do bargain, bargain hunting? And that's okay with them too on that end. But it's how much time and resources do you have? What I've experienced and what I'm seeing is the trend seems to be that the most successful people don't waste a lot of time on something that they could get a trusted authority to help them with. And that's what you do for your clients. You sit down and you, as you said, you diagnose where they need the help uh, so that they can spend their money most effectively and efficiently. And you're so right. These days, um, chat support is great. But when chat support tells me to go through all of the steps that I've already done and I still have an issue, I can't. I have no patience because I right. don't want to spend another two hours trying to find an error that I didn't find in the first two hours. Correct. Correct. DMARC is another thing that's happening. So Keep is implementing. There's all these email changes happening with Google and Yahoo. The Internet's just kind of stirring because it's going to happen the end of February. It's like a like a witch's brew just stirring. You know it's going to explode. It'll be okay. People will get past it. But I get probably five to 10 emails a day that are simply a client going, hey, I got this. 
could you take care of it for me? And I go, absolutely no problem, period. And then I do the, do the task and I, I read the article. My staff reads the support article. We figure it out. We test it. Then I send them an email back and go, you're all set here. And that client's like, that's exactly what I wanted and exactly what I'm paying for. This, I'm confident that that person is educated enough to figure it out. If they wanted to burn two or three hours of their day and be aggravated or be on hold for 40 minutes, they could figure it out. But do they want to waste their time? Could their time be so much better served doing something else? Um, and that is what we hope we are being for our clients. We certainly see ourselves as that. And we pride ourselves on that. I mean, we don't mind getting the questions because if we get asked questions, it means that we're relevant to our clients. And that's how it should be. That's precisely why we're there. Um, even our subject, our email signatures, we put in your service. Everybody says in your service to end an email every single time, because that's why are we there, right? What is the, what value are we providing to a client? A website is great. Videos, sure. But ultimately, at the end of the day, service, customer service is, is and always will be True Production's leading product. That's so true and absolutely amazing. Um, so I mentioned before that I love the video production uh, examples that you have on your website. To say that I could have spent hours just watching every one of those and watching them more than once is an understatement. Um, video has become more and more important for businesses in today's world. Um, people have a shorter and shorter attention span, and they want to see it quickly and get the message quickly. Um, tell us about what you offer in terms of video production. We can do anything from a small couple hundred dollar project for a video slideshow set to music to a tens of tens of thousands of dollar commercial that airs during the Super Bowl. So where we go from there is entirely the range of whatever the client needs. Over the years, we have realized that video is becoming a commodity, but it's still a little bit too hard to edit. So every single human on this planet, for the most part, has a phone that has three lenses, 4K capability, cinematic modes, depth of field processing, you name it, slow motion, 120 frames a second, 240 frames a second. You've got it right here in the palm of your hand. Do people leverage and harness that power? No. That's, and I don't think that I don't think that that's going to necessarily change. AI can help you whip up a quick video, but you're still going to have to have the basic wherewithal of video editing to fully put together something. Some of the best, there are tools like Vimeo and Canva has, has a really good one. YouTube has one. There are programs that you can get for pretty cost effective where you just put a bunch of stuff in there and then it renders a video and you just change the text. That's probably what we're going to see a lot more. From video standpoint, but what True Productions does is it kind of boils down to the process, very similar to how we do the websites. We have a we have pre-production, then production, then post-production. So the pre-production is what are we doing and why? 
why you have to make sure you ask yourself the why because we have to ask that, that question who is the audience and what is the point of this once we know the point of it then we can dial up and down as needed do we really need three cameras on this there is one camera enough do we need any cameras should this just be a text-based video I would say to anybody that is a little scared about jumping into video, some of the easiest ways that you could do it are some music with some text in something like iMovie or Final Cut or Adobe Premiere. Adobe Premiere is super complicated, so I wouldn't use something like that, but like an online video maker even. I am amazed at what Instagram can do. I get on that thing and it's, it's easy to almost get lost at how much capabilities there are. But what you will notice from anybody that's making a video on any different platform is that it takes time. You really can't shortcut video production all that much because creativity in that realm takes a lot of time. It's 24 frames every single second. It's a little bit different than just one Photoshop image or one invitation for a party. It's, there's a lot going on. So we have, we have almost become fantastic video brokers over the years. We've done it all from individual teams or teams on salary, like paid people in the office. Then we've had no paid people in the office. And then we've kind of come back to a nice hybrid where what was important to me and True Productions was knowing that if you called us, I could get you the best person for that particular project. Because there's so much variety out there of video, it's very hard to hire to it because maybe this person that's sitting in the chair on salary isn't really the best at that. But what am I going to give that person if it's not this job, right? You got to hope that you got something else to feed the, the just give to that person. So we shifted video to a almost brokerage standpoint where I have 15 years of contacts and I hire the people that I know, like, and trust, and they're always the right person for the job at the right time. And the same goes for editing. With technology being uh, so good with internet speeds, we can send 800 gigs back and forth in two, three hours over the internet and not have to mail physical hard, hard drives anymore. And it's been impressive how much wider the network has become and how much more global it is, honestly. There's a great book called The World is Flat. And I have definitely leveraged that with true productions. And I enjoy the fact that we're in different countries and we have resources all over the world. Because why not? Um, it doesn't seem to really matter that there's six hours ahead or eight hours ahead. It's like you can find times to, to communicate. But you have this global outreach that you can pull from. Um, but I, I suppose to summarize what I was trying to say is that we, we pride ourselves that we have, we are like an elastic band where we can do a very small project or we can do one that is ridiculously large and we don't have people sitting around waiting. And that also means that we don't have to force anything on you. It'd be way different if I had a gaffer with a truck of lights and the guy's just sitting there with his arms crossed waiting for something to do versus I call that lighting truck when the right job is available and needed for that truck. I don't have to shove that light truck down your throat because I'm not, it's okay. Like I'm not paying a salary to that light truck. Um, so that's kind of a small example, but that's kind of what 
Our benefit is, what I would say our primary benefit on video is, is that we have this amazing collection of humans that I know, like, and trust over the course of years, and I assign the right person to the job. thing that I saw on your website is that you also work with people uh, with regard to live streaming. Tell us more about that. Live streaming has been phenomenal during COVID. One of the surprise sleeper, I never thought I would do this at all during COVID. And um, it's a very interesting take on it was live streaming funerals. I would have never guessed ever on who wants to be a millionaire. If you put me up there and said, you'll be doing live streaming for funerals, I would have said, no, that's the first to go. Get that one off. Just never crossed my mind. And that's kind of the beauty of what this could be is that if you have the skill of live streaming, you could live stream anything, a rodeo, a bar mitzvah, a birth. That'd be kind of weird. You could, you could live stream anything you want as long as you have the fundamentals down. So we were getting these phone calls and saying, look, our loved ones want to be there. Our loved ones want to see this person. We can't. We're devastated. What could we do? So we would set up at the funeral home or at the wake, and we had an internet connection. We can do a portable one or we can do a plugged in one. And it was, it was the most fascinating way to start live streaming that I've ever experienced. But it, the, what the smile that it put on people's faces at the end of the day and during a very painful process of being able to at least see it was very important to us. So now we can live stream anything, concerts, business meetings. We've live streamed um, openings of stores and restaurants. And we even help people just with regular weekly shows. So we do like Badger Talks. Every week we create this live stream that goes on Facebook and it goes on YouTube at the same, same time. But everybody has the power to live stream right now. Take out your phone. If you have Facebook or Instagram or if you have YouTube, we can all do it. So it's just a matter of what are you live streaming and also have very realistic expectations of an audience. I personally believe that live streaming works best for something like a funeral because it's a, it's a small group of people that are expecting to be in there and they're all tuning into that. What we've seen it be less successful is when it's just an add-on where it's, it's a live event, but we're also live streaming it. It tends to not have that much of an Im impact versus somebody who's expecting that the, they need to see it via that mechanism. If that, if that makes sense, like that is the only way that I can see it is through this method. Then it's been really powerful. Yeah, I had that experience as well. I actually attended, we had to attend a funeral yep. and we did it via live streaming. So it, it, it's true. Um, and so important these days when you, particularly for a funeral where a good number of the attendees are um, advanced in years and can't travel. Right. And so, yeah, I had thought about that when I asked the question, but yes, it's certainly true. Yep. So tell us where people can find you. And I encourage all of our listeners, uh, if you have issues um, and you need someone in uh, the digital space to reach out to Anthony, but tell us where people can find you. Trueproductions.com will have everything that they can possibly need. You have email, phone support there. And I 
challenge you to call the office. I, one of our greatest things that we do here is we answer the phone. So please do call us. Uh, if I personally don't answer, so somebody will. And if for some reason we don't answer, you'll get a response from us in, in a few minutes. But the website is really powerful. We are very active on our Instagram account. At least once a week, we're posting. So you can really get a pulse of who we are as a, as a group. Um, but really, that's primarily it. We advertise on Google ads. That's how we get some of our business. But it's, we love the word of mouth. R- referral business is always best. And we just, we actually have clients that have stuck with us for over, over a decade. We have a, we have a more than a handful of them and that's really what we're about. So we understand that the relationship is really the key. A lot of people find us in turmoil or they find us in a time of challenge and we have to help them get through that. And then because we gave them a nice experience helping them with their issue, then they tend to stick around and give us another shot at something else. And that's really what this is about. It, it is truly customer service. I don't think it's going to get any better because guess what they're going to do to us? They're just going to send the chat bots on us or they're just going to put AI in those, in those rooms. Pretty soon we're going to be calling a call center full of AI chat bots that can't understand your emotion. They, they don't understand what's going on. They just hear the words and try to feed you a destination. but. That human touch, that human connection is what it's always going to be about. Because as we've said on this podcast today, everybody can say anything. Everybody can say, and everybody kind of does say the same thing, which is what's super aggravating. We've all had that really uncomfortably bad customer service experience. And then you go on that person's website or that company's website. And it's like, we pride ourselves on three things. Customer service, serving you, making you happy. It's like you didn't do any of those three. You know you didn't. You're just terrible. You're the worst. And then it just makes you upset because you're like, there's no law saying that I can't say anything I want. The only true way to test it is the fundamentals, the the the, the basic fundamentals of kindergarten and human communication. We actually did a series once called Everything You Need to Know About Automation You've Already Learned in Kindergarten. And it was fun because it's like share, you know, don't hog, uh, be nice. You know, it was it was funny how we kind of spun that up. But yeah, I mean, if anybody is listening and has experienced that, I would say that for any business, I don't care what what it is. Um, I have I have one more quick example that just happened. We are going to Chicago for our team meeting, and I'm trying to book the nine of us to go to this VR place in Chicago for a prerequisite fun activity before we do our main activity. And these, so I called this place and they go, they didn't answer the phone. They text me back and say, Hey, we don't do phone calls. Let's work over text. So then I'm like, all right, well, I'm trying to book, trying to book this event for nine people. And then he's like, okay, somebody will email you. So now I get an email And this person starts throwing up in this email, right? Here's all the packages. Here's the thing. Here's all the stuff. And I'm going, okay, cool. Can we, can can I just maybe hop on the phone? Cause I I think we can, we can probably sort this out and we can avoid a lot of back and forth. Can I talk to somebody? No, sorry. We don't do that. It's, it's email and text message only. And I'm just like, here we go. Here we go. That is, that is what they think is being tech savvy is having the worst impression on somebody like myself. And I'm, you know, I'm a 39 year old guy. I'm not, I'm not 90, but I, sometimes a phone call is just pick up the phone, right. And solve the problem. 
So I would say for anybody that's listening here, you can definitely get in the trap of thinking that you've got all this great tech and it's just making you a lot lower touch to the human nature of what people are even trying to do by contacting you in the first place. Thank you so much. And yes, it's so true. So your website is trueproductions.com. And I invite all of our listeners to please read the show notes. Um, and you'll get all of the information you need. Thank you, Anthony, so much for joining me today. Absolutely my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us. Please follow us, submit a rating and review, and share us with your friends. This helps our message reach more listeners. For more information about my products, visit justwantedtoask.com. Thank you.